European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 32, Focus Issue on Sports Cardiology, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Sport, Exercise, and Daily Activity, A Double-Edged Sword Revisited. Sport, exercise, and daily physical activity is part of all current recommendations for cardiovascular prevention, noted once again in the most recent ESC guidelines. The epidemiological evidence for a beneficial effect of physical activity is indeed overwhelming, although randomized trials are sparse. Even simple body movements such as standing and stepping appear protective compared to sitting. One of the consequences of a sedentary lifestyle is the obesity epidemic that Western societies are currently experiencing. A J-curve best describes the cardiovascular and total risks associated with an increasing body mass index. As such, obesity is currently one of the greatest public health issues worldwide. However, despite its known deleterious effects on the cardiovascular system, and its association with numerous cardiovascular diseases, recent findings have led to the development of concepts such as metabolically healthy obesity, the obesity paradox, for instance in atrial fibrillation, and heart failure, where obesity increases the risk for the condition, but is protective for its outcome. Protective subcutaneous fat deposits have raised a lively debate on the disparate effects of obesity on health outcomes. Thus, a timely review Obesity and Cardiovascular Disease, Friend or Foe, by Quang K. Ko and colleagues from Gachon Medical School in Phra Ichion, Republic of Korea, provides an update on this issue. An unwanted consequence of the concept of metabolically healthy obesity may be that physicians no longer feel pressed to curb the epidemic and prevent future generations from becoming obese. Another issue is that the body mass index has been criticised because of its inability to discriminate between fat and muscle mass. Therefore, other indices such as waist-hip ratio, waist circumference, and visceral fat imaging by computed tomography or magnetic resonance have been used. In addition, emerging evidence supports the importance of cardiorespiratory fitness, skeletal muscle mass, and strength in patients with obesity as useful variables to predict cardiovascular outcomes. The authors discuss the complex and disparate effects of obesity on cardiovascular diseases, particularly focusing on whether, under given circumstances, it could be harmful, potentially harmless, or neutral, or even possibly protective. As predicted by Winston Churchill, who exclaimed, No sports! Physical activity is not always protective. Indeed, in the Tromso study, competitive sports, as opposed to leisure activities, was associated with an increased incidence of atrial fibrillation. Similarly, competitive, but less so recreational sport, is associated with cardiac events in patients with arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, and particularly in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. On the other hand, although long-distance races lead to the release of cytokines and troponin, inflammation, and right ventricular dysfunction in endurance athletes, life-threatening or fatal events are rare. Nevertheless, it is recommended that subjects engaging in sports, particularly those participating in competitive sporting events, should undergo medical screening. 
To that end, among other findings, ECG changes have been commonly used. For instance, anterior T-wave inversion is a recognized variant in athletes of African and Afro-Caribbean origin and some endurance athletes. However, the presence of this specific repolarization anomaly also raises the possibility of cardiomyopathy. In their manuscript, Electrocardiographic Anterior T-Wave Inversion in Athletes of Different Ethnicities, Differential Diagnosis Between Athletes' Heart and Cardiomyopathy, Domenico Corrado and colleagues from the Università degli Studi in Padova, Italy, suggests that the differentiation between physiological adaptation and cardiomyopathy may be facilitated by examining other repolarization parameters, notably the J-point and the ST-segment. They compared the ECG pattern of anterior T-wave inversion in 80 healthy athletes, 95 patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, including 26 affected athletes, and 58 patients with arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, including 9 affected athletes. Athletes and patients showed T-wave inversion of more than or equal to 1 mm in more than or equal to 2 contiguous anterior leads, V1 to V4. After adjustment for age, gender, and ethnicity, J-point elevation of less than 1 mm but no ST-segment elevation in the anterior leads showing T-wave inversion and T-wave inversion extending beyond V4 remained independent strong predictors for both arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy and hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. In athletes with anterior T-wave inversion, the combination of J-point elevation more than or equal to 1 mm and T-wave inversion not extending beyond V4 excluded a cardiomyopathy with 100% sensitivity and 55% specificity. Thus, the combination of J-point elevation and T-wave inversion confined to lead V1 to V4 offers the potential for an accurate differentiation between physiologic and cardiomyopathic anterior T-wave inversion among athletes of both white-slash-Caucasian or black-slash-Afro-Caribbean descent. Conversely, ST-segment elevation without J-point elevation preceding anterior T-wave inversion may reflect cardiomyopathy. These findings are put into perspective with an editorial by André Lagesh from the University of Melbourne in Australia. In 490 BC, the Greeks stopped the Persian invasion at the city of Marathon. The legend goes that the Greek messenger Phaedipes had run to Athens to spread the news and dropped dead upon arrival. Even today's marathons are associated with a low risk of life-threatening events, much often attributed to hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. However, retrospective analyses lack a consistency. In their manuscript, Registry on Acute Cardiovascular Events During Endurance Running Races, the prospective Race Paris Registry, Benoit Gerardin and colleagues, on behalf of the Groupe de Reflexion sur la Cardiologie Interventionnelle, investigated the incidence and etiology of life-threatening and fatal events in the prospective Registre des Accidents Cardiaques Lors des Courses d'Endurance i.e. the Race Paris Registry. 
17 life-threatening events were identified out of 511,880 runners, of which two were fatal. 13 out of 17 events were of cardiovascular origin, occurring in experienced male runners with a mean age of 43 years, with infrequent cardiovascular risk factors, atypical warning symptoms prior to the race, or even negative treadmill tests were performed. Acute myocardial ischemia was the predominant etiology and led to immediate myocardial revascularization. All cases with initial shockable rhythm survived. There was no difference in event rate according to marathons versus half marathons, and, as in the case of Phaedipes, events were clustered at the end of the race. A meta-analysis of six available studies, including the Race Paris Registry, revealed again a low prevalence of life-threatening events of 0.75 per 100,000. Furthermore, presentation with non-shockable rhythm or non-ischemic etiology were associated with case fatality. The authors conclude that life-threatening or fatal events during long-distance races are rare, most often unpredictable, and mainly due to acute myocardial ischemia. Presentation with non-shockable rhythm and non-ischemic etiology are the major determinants of fatality, findings that are discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Aaron Lee Bagish from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, USA. Adults who engage in leisure time physical activity have a reduced risk of developing heart failure. In a third paper, Cardiac Structure and Function and Leisure Time Physical Activity in the Elderly, the Atherosclerosis Risk in Communities study. Scott Solomon and colleagues from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, hypothesized that high levels of leisure time physical activity are associated with diminished adverse age-related changes in cardiac structure and function. They studied 4,342 atherosclerosis risk in community study participants free of cardiovascular disease who underwent standardized echocardiography. In a cross-sectional analysis, they related leisure time physical activity, categorized into poor, intermediate, or ideal, to cardiac structure and function. They also related cumulative average leisure time physical activity over 24 years and changes in leisure time physical activity categories to echocardiographic measures. Cross-sectional analyses demonstrated that ideal leisure time physical activity compared with poor leisure time physical activity was associated with better diastolic and systolic function. Higher cumulative average leisure time physical activity over 24 years, or an improvement in leisure time physical activity category, were also related to a more favorable E to E1 ratio and longitudinal LV strain. They therefore conclude that in older adults, ideal leisure time physical activity, higher long-term levels of leisure time physical activity, and an improvement in leisure time physical activity even later in life, were associated with more favorable indices of left ventricular diastolic and systolic function. In the fourth manuscript, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome in M3243A G-related mitochondrial disease, an unrecognized clinical entity in young asymptomatic adults, 
Grain S. Gorman and colleagues from Newcastle University Institute of Neuroscience in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, UK, provide insights into the mechanism of sudden adult death syndrome and give new clinical guidelines for the cardiac management of patients with the most common mitochondrial DNA mutation, M3243AG, which appears to be present in approximately 1 in 400 of the population. Pathological studies, including histochemistry and molecular genetic analyses, performed on various post-mortem samples, including cardiac tissues, showed marked respiratory chain deficiency and high levels of the M3243AG mutation. Systematic review of cause of death in the M3243AG patient cohort showed the person-time incidence rate of sudden adult death is 2.4 per 1,000 person years. The authors conclude that their findings suggest sudden adult death syndrome is an important cause of death in patients with M3243AG and likely to be due to widespread respiratory chain deficiency in cardiac muscle. The involvement of asymptomatic relatives highlights the importance of family tracing in these patients and the need for specific cardiac arrhythmia surveillance in the management of this common genetic disease. Due to the relatively high prevalence of this mtDNA point mutation, the authors recommend inclusion of testing for M3243AG mutations in the genetic autopsy of all unexplained cases of sudden adult death syndrome. In spite of the sophisticated technologies available today, we should not forget the stethoscope introduced in 1816 by René Lenec. He discovered that auscultation of the heart and lungs could more effectively be performed by placing a hollow cylinder, initially made of a roll of paper, between the chest of the patient and the ear of the examiner. This was the first step in developing the stethoscope, which was a breakthrough in the diagnosis and management of cardiac and pulmonary patients. Technical improvements followed, and in cardiac patients, auscultation soon became a major diagnostic tool. In the second half of the 20th century, new powerful non-invasive diagnostic modalities were developed and the interest in auscultation declined. As a result, the auscultatory skills of students and physicians at all levels of training decreased to a disappointingly low level. In a special article, The 200th Anniversary of the Stethoscope, Can This Low-Tech Device Survive in the High-Tech 21st Century? Albert Bruschke and colleagues from the University Medical Center in Leiden, the Netherlands, suggested that efforts should be made to prevent a further decline in the proficiency of physicians to use the stethoscope during physical examination. They feel that the stethoscope, in spite of its limitations, still has potential as a patient-friendly, effective, and economical instrument in medical practice. However, new initiatives are required to train students, physicians, and allied health professionals in cardiac auscultation to avoid misinterpretations that may harm the patients and generate extra costs. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers. <laughs>